If you've experienced the cycle of toxic relationships and you're sick and tired of feeling stuck, sad, and lonely, now is the time to heal and create your best life. In this podcast, you'll hear world-class toxic relationship recovery expert Stephanie McPhail sharing the support, guidance, and tools you need so you can be truly happy whether you're single or in a relationship. She is the real deal. I should know, she's my wife. Here's your host, Stephanie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Toxic Love Transformation. I am your host, Stephanie McPhail. And today we're going to talk about the possibility of creating a healthy relationship after it has turned toxic. So if you've been watching the news for the past week and a half, obviously there's a whole bunch of different things that are going on. But one of the topics that's coming up a lot is Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. In fact, there's a trending hashtag that's saying, Will and Jada, get us out of your group text messages. I don't know if anybody has seen that at all. But that was one of the reasons why I decided that I really wanted to talk about this because there might be people right now that are currently in that situation where they are in a relationship that they know is not super healthy and they might be hoping to make that relationship work. They might be trying to do whatever they can do to make that relationship work. And a lot of people will come to us and they'll say, you know, is it even possible? You know, as professional women, we are so good at trying to figure out what the issues are and then solving those problems. We're problem solvers. This is what we do. And when it comes to these types of relationships, we've got to be really careful about being the problem solver because relationships are with two people. We're not doing this all by ourselves. So it's really important to be aware that we do not have to problem solve our way through this relationship on our own. Now, before I want to take a step back and we'll talk, we will be talking a little bit about Jada and Will just as examples, but I want to take a step back for a second. When we're talking about toxic relationships, there are different levels that we're talking about, right? So there is the base level, which is, you know, you started off good, you, you were best friends, you both knew, knew yourselves really well, and you got into a relationship and time came, came around and maybe you had children together, life happened and you lost the ability to communicate with each other. And now things just feel uncomfortable and you're not even sure who the other person is anymore. That could be a level of toxicity, right? Cause you're not really supporting each other. You're not really part of a partnership anymore. All right. So that could be level one, that baseline. Now the like stage four is there is some kind of abuse, whether it's physical abuse, sexual abuse, but there is abuse so that the person is not feeling safe in that relationship. Now that of course is the high level. This is huge red flags, danger zone, terrible, you know, really unhealthy. Okay. And then there's, of course, there's everything in between. So when we're looking at relationships, we're looking at, you know, all those different areas and we're talking about toxicity. And so when we are looking, like, let's say Will and Jada Smith, we have been watching like all this stuff unfolding for years. And they just came out last week saying that they actually divorced, I'm sorry, separated in 2016, which none of us were aware of. And as professional women, this is actually one of the reasons why we stay, not only because we are so focused on trying to figure out the solutions. And again, we're really good at that when it comes to our business and other parts of our lives. But also a lot of us feel that we have an image to uphold. If we are someone who is in business, we're successful, we're, we're doing all these great things, and we are part of this power couple, we want to uphold that power couple status. 
We don't want people to know how bad things are behind closed doors. So we do everything in our power to pretend and carry pretenses about how the relationship is. And I hear this happen a lot for clients that come to us is they were afraid of anyone knowing their business. So they were exhausting themselves with this mask of here I am in public, you know, pretending like I have this great relationship and I'm actually going home and we're actually really, really unhappy. And that was me. I had a great job. I was a teacher. I loved my job. And I would go home and see my ex's car in the driveway. And I would go somewhere else to go cry and be away from him because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. So why do we stay? Well, again, because of we're worried about the image. We're worried about letting other people down. We're worried about all of those things. Okay. So does this all make sense, by the way, before I even move any further, we want to make sure that we understand why people stay. We want to understand that there are different levels of toxic relationships and we want to know what we need to do. Okay. So what are some of the patterns that we're noticing in these relationships? Are we noticing that we are not showing up for each other, that we're not feeling heard. We're not feeling supported. Maybe over time, again, we've lost that connection with the person that we are in a relationship with. And let me remind you as well, is that for some reason, for a lot of us, we forget that the person that we're in a relationship with should also be our best friend. So of course, our focus is romantic relationships. You could talk about you know, business relationships, you could talk about family relationships, you can talk about any of those, but how is it that you get along with this person? How are you able to communicate with each other? Because obviously communication is one of the number one things in a healthy relationship. And so if we're unable to communicate with each other, then we're not going to be able to have a relationship because we can't actually share who we are and what we want. What is the hope versus the reality? What is it that we want to have? What is it? Okay. So I wanted the relationship to work with my first husband. I wanted to do everything in my power so that I could say to myself, I had tried anything and everything to make the relationship work. I felt like if I didn't do that, that I was letting my ex down and I was letting myself down. But here is one of the biggest things that I, I want you to walk away with from this conversation. One of the reasons why couple counseling tends to not work so great is because most of the time, those relationships come together in front of a couple counselor because one person has given the ultimatum to the other person that if they don't go to couple counseling, they're going to end the relationship. And what does that tell us? That means one person is putting in the work most of the time and the other person is not. One person putting in the work is not a relationship. One person putting in the work is not working on the relationship. It's not trying to make things better. It's one person trying to make things better. So what is the reality? Instead of trying to keep the hope alive by forcing someone to go to marriage counseling with you, what about if you if it is possible for two people to work things out both of you and again you can only control yourself you can only take care of yourself how about you focus on you and your healing you focus on the stuff that has kept you stuck you focus on whatever negative things or whatever things are keeping you from being happy for you 
So you make it a priority to make your self-healing journey a priority for you. If your partner is also doing that, so your partner is also focusing on working on themselves, making their self-healing journey a priority for themselves, and then you're open to having open dialogue and open conversations about those two things, then you have the chance of making the relationship work. You have to be ready to take a step back, take the focus off the other person and all the things they've done wrong, because that's the problem, right? Is that when you're so stressed and you're so frustrated with a relationship, if we're looking at the things they've done wrong, then we're going to stay stuck looking at them and, and blaming them and trying to make them take responsibility for the bad relationship. And I'm not saying that that person didn't do horrible things to you, but you cannot fix somebody else. You cannot make someone else become the person that you want them to be. You can't make them be the partner, the friend, the work associate, the family member. You can't make them be the person that you want to be. But you can decide in what capacity you want to interact with them. So like we were saying before is that Will and Jada, they actually took a break from each other. So even though there's all this other stuff, all this drama that's gone along with them, they had this image beforehand of being this happy, wonderful couple. They decided to separate in 2016 and both work on themselves. And there's been a whole bunch of wild rides of drama in between there. And more recently, as per what they've said, is that Will and Will is actually more supportive of her and seeing from her perspective because he has done the work on himself. And this is this is a recent thing for him is to be able to understand and appreciate. But he did work for himself, just like Jada did work for herself. So in that kind of situation, now I'm not saying I don't know Jada and Will personally, so I can't tell you if it's going to work out in how much work they've actually done for themselves. But I can tell you that if two adults have come together because they have done work, they both could admit for the, to the mistakes that they've made. They both can be open to listening to the other person to have the self-care that they need to be able to look at what changes they need to make in order to make the relationship better and then work on it, then there's a chance of it working. Unless, and this is to go back to what we talked about before, it was stage four. If you've already gotten to stage four where there's been physical violence, if we're looking at someone being afraid for their safety, then let's get this really clear. We are not looking to save that relationship because that line has already been crossed. If someone has become physical with you already, then if you stay, that is giving them permission to continue being physical with you. Name calling. If we've gotten to that point, what will allow the other person to realize that that is no longer acceptable if you stay? It's really important to realize where that difference is. So, and again, what we were saying before, both people are looking to work, they're, they're looking to fix it, and they both have the insight to see that they want to make things better for their relationship and work on it together because they haven't crossed those lines, because they do realize that it's been time and lack of 
communication, lack of spending time with each other, all of those things where they just need to rediscover who they are and reconnect as two human beings of wherever they are at that point, 100%. But when we start getting up into those different levels of toxicity, we cannot go back from that. And this is something that was a really hard lesson for me when I was in a toxic relationship because things became physical on my wedding nights. I mean, I got, I was afraid for my safety on my wedding night. I was afraid for my safety before I even got married, but I hoped that things would get better as time went on. I hoped that once we got married, things would ease up. And we know that actually after you get married, most things actually get worse because now they feel like you're committed to them and they have that power over you, which is, which was true. I did, you know, I thought that once you get married, you stay married and you try to make it work no matter what. So you know, all of those, all of those things happen. So here I was in the beginning of my relationship already uncomfortable and worried for my safety. And I thought that if I just explained it the right way, if I just did enough research and shared with my ex what he was doing wrong and what he could do to change, that he would actually change. But literally all that did was allow him to think that because I was staying he was actually losing respect for me because he knew that what he was doing was really wrong and really terrible. He was actually losing respect for me. And every time I let him back in to my life, things escalated worse. So we see, and we see that all the time. Once we start letting those little, little hurtful things, those abusive things start in, they just get worse and worse and worse over time. So those kinds of things we need to be really careful. We're not trying to fix those types of relationships. We need to do the right healing so that we know that we deserve more and we are able to walk away when things are hurtful and not good for us. So how do we know that a relationship would be healthy? If again, we're working on the things that we need to work on. Well, again, we are prioritizing our own self-care so we're focusing on ourselves and decide what we need to do that's going to be best for ourselves. That is not selfish of you. That is actually very healthy of you to make yourself a priority. Nobody else in this world is going to make you a priority the way you should make yourself a priority. So self-care, number one, you're moving forward. Make sure that you are working on that and making that a priority for yourself. Communication, being able to be open, honest and respectful to each other. That means no name calling, no cursing at each other, no putting people down. This is actually how people are supposed to speak to each other. I know some people say, well, that's, my ex used to say that, that's like lollipops and rainbows. But I can tell you that respectful communication should be a part of every healthy relationship. And especially if you're working on your relationship, you got to make sure that even if you're frustrated, whatever those parts of your baggage that you need to work on, because you haven't cleaned that up for you on your side of the street yet, you need to work on that and allow your partner to work on that as well. Having healthy boundaries, making sure this goes along with communication and feeling like you deserve to have the respect that you, that you need. So self-esteem, but boundaries, make sure that you're establishing and maintaining healthy boundaries, you know, and, and I say this all the time, David says, he's like, I could never imagine cursing you out or calling you names. And I said, yeah, because this version of me wouldn't accept that I'd be out the door, but my first husband cursing me out, calling me names, making me feel bad, accusing me of cheating on him, whatever he could think of to try to hurt my feelings and make me feel bad. 
Those were the first things he would do and say. All those things that I asked him not to do, as soon as he got mad, all of those things would go out the window and those would be the first things that he would say to me. So what are the boundaries for yourself? Know your own boundaries, know what's okay for you. And we do that by getting to know ourselves, getting to know who we are and what we want. And in doing so, we start to up-level what our expectations are, where we will no longer accept people who don't inspire us, support us, and want the best for us. We will no longer accept those people into our lives. And then another thing is growth and healing. So make sure that we are looking at getting professional help. So when we are working on ourselves, whether it's a therapist to look at some of the stuff that maybe goes really far back, a coach that actually helps us to create goals to be able to move forward, making sure that we're getting that professional help for ourselves and then getting that help for each other. That would be the possibility of making that relationship um, work for you. If again, you are at that lower level of toxicity. So I hope that was helpful for everybody because I, I, I can't tell you enough how many times people come to us and they want the relationship to work so badly. You know, they, they want, they want all that time. They want all that effort that they put into the relationship. They want to feel like it was for something. And I get it. I get how hard it is to walk away when you had this expectation that this was going to be your forever. But if something has gone to a point where lines have been crossed that we can't undo, you can't undo the physical violence that has happened. You can't undo being afraid for your safety. You can't undo that. That's not okay. But if there is that, if you are coming from that place where both people have just lost their way, you've lost your intimacy with each other, getting to focus on who you are and what you want, and then being able to come together after you've worked on yourself and come back together could potentially make the relationship better than it's ever before. But it has to be both people, not just the one person. So I hope this helps. I'm going to give, I hope Jada and Will figure it out really honestly. I really hope they figure it out and they have done all the work that they said they've done. Who knows? We will wait and see because I'm sure we're still going to all be a part of their group chat and seeing all the stuff that's going on with them. But for you in particular, I hope that you understand that I say this with love. If there's someone that is in your life that is making you feel less than, and this is the person that is supposed to love you, I want you to really think about why you're trying to make that relationship work. Because you deserve someone who loves you and inspires you and reminds you every day how wonderful and amazing you are. And you deserve that. Walking away from something that is toxic and that stage three, four, even two, three, four levels, that is going to be the best thing that you can do for yourself because you'll have the possibility to find that great, wonderful love, that great, wonderful romance, starting by working on you and then starting to attract those people that are going to be those wonderful people to support you and inspire you as well. So on that note, thank you everybody for tuning in. It was always great hanging out with all of you and never forget, you are way stronger than you realize. See you next episode. Bye everybody. So that's it for today's episode of Toxic Love Podcast. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your shows. 
One lucky listener every single week who subscribes and posts a review on iTunes will be entered for a chance to win the grand prize VIP drawing with Stephanie McPhail herself. Be sure to head on over to ToxicLovePodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Stephanie's gift. And join us next time.